the free ride is coming to an end. Maybe this will refocus the quiet quitters. It could nudge the uninspired back into the workforce, or maybe not. The last of the eviction moratoriums and rent relief programs are ending. While there's never a painless time to roll back subsidies, rising inflation, an economy teetering on recession, and a mounting energy crisis will all certainly leave a mark on the already heavily impacted rental business. 8.5 million people are behind on their rent, according to Census Bureau data. Over half of those expect to be evicted in the next months. This, even as the nation sinks ever deeper into a housing shortage that has doubled in less than a decade by some reports. This is where businesses, the real experts in the field, rely on the truths they live and breathe every day. Those truths are informed by the lessons of supply and demand, profitability, and respect for those who helped get you to the top. Americans, well, we're anchored by family, home, and country. They are the foundations of our social fabric and the source of our prosperity. Still, the question looms large. How can a housing market be saved? A question asked by economist Thomas Sewell in 2011. Today, we speak to someone at the center of it all. Tommy Brunson is president of development and construction with Fairfield Residential. Fairfield is one of the nation's top 50 apartment owners and a key player in the nation's battle for more housing. Tommy, it is great to have you on the show. Linda, thank you so much. It's great to be with you, and thank you for what you do for our industry. Uh, I always enjoy these interviews and opportunities to learn from my peers, and so really appreciate the opportunity to be with you here today. So tell us about yourself, Tommy, and Fairfield Residential. Sure. So uh, Fairfield Residential is a uh, full-service, multifamily real estate operating company. We've been in business for uh, over 37 years now and uh, own and manage approximately 40,000 units across the country. And that represents about uh, a little over $10 billion in assets under management. And we're really active in two main business lines, uh, the acquisition of existing communities, as well as uh, ground-up new construction of multifamily homes across all different product types in 30 different markets around the country. I've been with the firm about 15 years. Uh, you can tell by my accent, I'm a native Southerner. Uh, I've lived in uh, Southern California where we're headquartered uh, for the last uh, three years and uh, really enjoyed uh, the opportunity to uh, oversee our uh, new construction platform here at Fairfield. Fairfield operates on the east and west coast, plus Texas and Colorado. California, Seattle, and Portland are especially known as difficult environments for business. You have over one-third of your properties there. Why not high-growth states like Tennessee, Idaho, and Utah? Oh, sure. Yeah, great question. It's been amazing to watch those states' growth uh, really since the, uh, the pandemic uh, and, and beyond. Really, I think a lot of that growth happened or began to happen even before uh, the pandemic started. But um, as I mentioned, we are in 30 markets around the country, and historically, we've had a bent towards more supply-constrained, uh, more difficult-to-develop markets, uh, although I'll tell you our, our position on that is changing. Uh, you're going to see us come back into markets this year, uh, including Denver, Colorado, uh, where we will have uh, two starts uh, this year, uh, as well as next year, we'll, you'll see us uh, back into Phoenix, Arizona, and Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, and so I would tell you, we're not ruling out the Salt Lake cities and the Nashvilles. Uh, we've got developers uh, actively working to uh, look for sites in those markets. And 
it's just about trying to find the right entry point, right? There's been a lot of supply, uh, certainly with costs escalating right now, uh, it makes makes it more of a challenge to develop in those markets. Uh, we had a site under contract in uh, Boise, Idaho, and frankly, with the the amount of growth there and the and the inflation that we were seeing, we just couldn't make the project pencil. So, but I hope the next time I'm back with you to to uh, to talk again, we'll have uh, more projects underway in those in those markets. Local permitting is a major issue for developers. How has the entitlement process changed during your time in the business? Yeah, so certainly, um, you know, it's always uh, locally driven in terms of how entitlements work, right? But I think the thing that I've seen the most over, you know, the 25 years I've, I've been in the business overall is cities have gotten more sophisticated in terms of what they're requiring from developers today. And that's really driving up the cost of development, the amount of pursuit cost and pre-development capital that developers have to expend really before we ever know whether a project is gonna be feasible or not. Uh, it seems to be adding uh, cost and time to our, our development projects. And ultimately, unfortunately, the, the cost of that gets uh, borne by the resident uh, when they move into the communities and it drives up the cost of housing. So I think if we can find a way to shorten those entitlement timeframes, there will be an opportunity for us to solve this housing crisis uh, in a much quicker fashion. Thank you for reminding us of that. What is the toughest market to develop in and why? <laughs> well, there are uh, there are lots of tough markets out there, but I think for us, of all the markets we're in around the country, uh, probably the Bay Area uh, in, in Northern California is the most difficult for us. You have really expensive land prices. You have a very difficult entitlement process with uh, many NIMBYs out there who do not want to see multifamily development come into their communities. Uh, you've got a very difficult subcontractor base, uh, which leads to uh, higher cost. And then ultimately right now, especially coming out of the pandemic, we've seen the operating fundamentals uh, in the Bay Area underperform uh, you know, many of the other marks in the country, and that's made it just very difficult for us to develop. So you know, we hope that uh, the, the fundamentals will turn around uh, here in the next 18 to 24 months. But uh, in the meantime, I would say for sure the Bay Area is the toughest prepared for. Hope springs eternal. Everyone's talking about it, and so must I. Material costs are crazy. Prices are highly volatile, and availability is uncertain. How can you possibly judge with any certainty that a project makes financial sense in such volatility? Yeah, Linda, I wish I had a silver bullet on that. I really don't. It's been a, it has been a challenge for us as well as many of our other peers uh, in the marketplace today. You know, what we're really trying to do at Fairfield is try to make sure that we're building in inflation uh, into our uh, construction cost budgets today at the very beginning of the project when we first put it under contract. And then we're constantly monitoring uh, the actual inflation rates that are happening in, across the country and trying to compare that back to our underwriting. Uh, but it is a challenge for us every day and, and we self-perform as a general contractor. Uh, so our people are on the front lines trying to uh, combat this issue on a daily basis. Uh, you know, the biggest thing that I can do is, is try to encourage our teams to uh, procure materials early, don't wait around on things like windows and doors. Uh, you know, we need to get those orders in as soon as we close into construction because it, it has been a very difficult time with the supply chain and uh, and cost pressures uh, continually uh, hamper our business. So it's, uh, it's a problem that we don't see going away in the short term, uh, but I do hope that uh, we're gonna be able to rein that in with the, uh, the moves that the Federal Reserve is undertaking now. Uh, I think we'll all be much happier 
in the future if we can uh, bring those inflation, inflationary costs down. Do you expect the recent slowdowns in single-family starts to ease conditions for multifamily builders? And if so, when? <laughs> Great question. Uh, yes, I do think, you know, our the firm's position is we're going to continue to see high occupancies uh, in our in the multifamily space because, uh, candidly, we don't have enough supply out there to house uh, Americans. Um, we do expect to see rent growth to slow. Uh, over time as as uh, inflationary pressures and other things like gasoline and food prices continue to put pressure on renters' wallets. Uh, and so I think we'll see rent growth moderate. Uh, but hopefully the slowdown in single family uh, construction, while uh, disappointing for our single family uh, peers in the industry, uh, hopefully that will benefit us and that will allow costs to begin to moderate. Uh, but but uh, overall, we need to provide more housing in this country uh, both on the for sale side as well as the for rent side in order to be able to house everyone um, the way that we should be housed in America. ESG has been rising in importance, Tommy, although not without controversy. Fairfield launched its ESG initiative in 2021. How has this impacted the way you design, develop, and construct your properties, and how does it play in today's market? Yes, Linda, ESG is important uh, here at Fairfield, and we are focused on that as a company. Uh, really, I'll point you to two things. On the environmental side, I think on the from a development perspective, we have always been sensitive to what our investment partners uh, want in terms of environmental sustainability. We have uh, done all different types of LEED certified projects. Uh, certainly, the restrictions here in California are higher than many of the other states, and we pride ourselves on the ability to deliver environmental solutions that, that will tailor to the needs of our investment partners. And in terms of, of the social part of ESG, the biggest thing that I can point to that we're doing here at Fairfield is our focus on affordable housing. Over a third of our portfolio is dedicated towards LIHTC communities. Almost uh, 16,000 units now out of our 40,000 units are dedicated to projects that we intend to maintain and keep that affordability in place. Uh, that is a high growth area for us as a company. And really that's one, the main thing that I can do to point to our focus on not only taking care of the environment, but also taking care of the residents that live in those communities and promise them that we will maintain that affordability uh, for many, many years to come. Corporate managers are traditionally tasked with value creation in the way of profitability and returns for owners. How does ESG benefit owners short and long-term? Right. From an environmental standpoint, hopefully the sustainability measures that we're putting in place today uh, will pay off for us tomorrow. In addition to that, I think it's important that we focus not only on the residents that live on our, in our communities, as I mentioned earlier, with our affordable program. But I think it's also just as important to care about your employees. And we pay particular focus on that from a training and development perspective. Uh, we do have a DEI uh, committee here at Fairfield who's very focused on uh, our employee base overall. And ultimately, you know, we're we've been in business for over 35 years now. Our intention is to maintain ourselves as a going concern for the foreseeable future. And in order to do that, we need to have the right uh, leadership here. Uh, to be able to sustain us in the future to come. So I think it's it's a key, it's a combination of things that happen between what happens externally as well as internally we do within the company walls that ultimately will drive that that success. 
Well, that's a wrap, Tommy. Thank you for your insights. It's good to know we have the industry's smartest guys working to solve the nation's biggest challenge. Thank you, Linda. Great to spend time with you today. How can a housing market be saved? Sewell's question over a decade ago could have been asked yesterday. The answer, housing can be saved by letting builders build. Thank you for joining us today. We appreciate you, the creators, the builders, the doers. You are where the nation's greatness is found. I am Linda Hoffman. Look for our next exciting episode of NAHB Power Hitters.